0: week number five of obviously a five-part series called because of you and I have enjoyed this series because we've talked about things that have impacted us as a church because of you because you live in this area in this region because you have chosen to participate and follow Jesus together with us at Stuttgart Harvest Church so many different things Because of you, we as a church are here because we were drawn to this area to start this church because of you. And now because of the things you have done and because you have served alongside of us and because you have loved other people alongside of us because of what you have done, there are many people who are loving Jesus right beside us because of what you have done as well. You know, I get so busy in my life that I have a tendency to forget about some of these really good, amazing things, some of these wonderful things that God has done in the lives of Stuttgart Harvest Church, and some of the things that God is doing right now. I I just get so busy living my life that I forget to pause and look at these amazing things, the amazing stories that you represent. I just get busy and I forget. You may be like me. Are there things in your life that you just kind of take for granted? I mean, if you were to stop and pause and think, you could bring up some things because you are grateful. I know. I'm sure you are. If you're like me, you are, and you just get so busy that sometimes I forget to pause and think and, and have these things at the top of my mind. I take so many of these things for granted. We take for granted Many of us take for granted that we even have a job, that we have a way to earn a living. We, and no matter how much money we make or we don't make, we forget sometimes just to pause and say, "I am grateful I'm grateful that I can pay my bills." And maybe you're saying, but I don't get all my bills paid." Well, at least we get some of them paid, right? And I'm grateful that we, I'm grateful that as it's raining outside, we are sitting in a dry movie theater right now. And in fact, more than likely, you left a home this morning, and inside that home, you were probably mostly dry. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that when I walk over to the sink and I turn the water on, the water comes out. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful. But I forget to be. I, I, we, we, we miss very few meals, don't we? I'm grateful. That's a good thing, right? I'm grateful. I'm grateful for family. So very grateful. I'm grateful that when it gets cold at night, I have a way to stay warm. I'm grateful for that. Grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for the guys who show up here on Sunday morning, so early to set up and have all, all of these things ready. I'm grateful. But I get so busy in life, and you probably do too, you get so busy that maybe, perhaps, just perhaps, you forget about so many of the good things that we just simply take for granted. I'm grateful for my health. I take these things for granted. And you know what else? I am grateful for Stuttgart Harvest Church. And we, more than maybe anybody in Stuttgart perhaps, understand that the church is not a building, right? This is a movie theater. This is not Stuttgart Harvest Church. You are Stuttgart Harvest Church. Your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, your life houses God himself in the form of God's Spirit. And we come together together to meet as Stuttgart Harvest Church. It is not this building where these chairs are bolted to the concrete floor. You are the church. And when you leave here this morning, you, the church, are going out into the community. And I am grateful for you, Stuttgart Harvest Church. And how easily. We can take even that for granted. This morning, I am so very grateful for Stuttgart Harvest Church. So often we show up on sunny mornings and we just have the feeling that this kind of just all comes together. Because you look around and the theater's dark. All you really see is what's up here on the screen, right? But there are so many things that have to happen in order for all of this to come together. But when we do come together to meet as the church in this room, when we show up, maybe maybe you're here uh, every other week, or maybe you're here once a month, or maybe you're here once every five weeks. When you show up, this happens. It's all there, right? It's all ready, put together, and and it we just somewhat, sometimes have the tendency just to think, that, well, when we arrive, it's going to all be done. But in order for that to happen, someone rolled in here this morning at 6.30. In order to, to begin this process. And guess what? I, I'm i grateful. I am so very grateful for the ministry partners who come together to make things happen. They, they begin rolling in early at the cafe to get the cafe set up. They, they, they begin, in fact... The the second person here usually is someone from the cafe. They begin rolling in early to, uh, to, to begin getting the kids' areas set up. And I am grateful, so very grateful. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for our ministry partners. This morning, I think it's quite obvious that we're going to be talking about gratitude. And here's our bottom line statement this morning. Gratitude is the only way in and the only way out. I'm excited about teaching this because this is something that I actually have been learning from another pastor. And his name is Stephen Furtick. And, and I, this, this perspective on gratitude is something that just helped me to hit the pause button and to remember, to remember the many good things that God has done. And so here's our bottom line statement one more time. Gratitude is the only way in and the only way out. I want to take you straight to the word and let's talk about what God has to say about gratitude. Psalm 100. We're going to look at two verses here. We're going to bring in some others, but here's where we're starting. Psalm 100 verse 4. The psalmist writes this. He says, enter his, talking about God, enter God's gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord, this is verse 5 now. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. That means, that last statement means that it extends. His greatness, his goodness, his faithfulness continues to our generation today. From generation to generation to generation and that includes today you know my personal favorite view of God the way I see God my favorite personal favorite view is to view God as my friend I mean, that I, that I just radiate anywhere in Scripture where it talks about being a friend of God or God was a friend to them or God has made us friends with himself or this person walked with God as a person would walk with a friend. Any of those places in Scripture, I'm, just, I'm drawn to that. That is my favorite, my absolute favorite picture of God. It is God who wants to be your friend. My second favorite. Is God as the loving father who cares about us so much. The father who loves you, his child. I love that picture. So my favorite is God as a friend. This, my second favorite is God as my loving father. But the one, the one that I, I've just in all honesty, the one that I overlook the most. And probably it should be the first place in my life is this one God as my king the Bible tells us that he is the king of kings you look at royalty and you look at world leaders and the Bible says God is their king he is the king of all kings not just a king he is the king of the world leaders He's their king. The king of kings. Now, when you approach a king, you don't get to decide how you approach the king. The king, you, you don't get to just walk up and bump knuckles with the king. You don't get to walk up and slap him a high five. You don't get to walk up and pat him on the backside like you're gonna see happening in the NFL today. You don't get to choose how you approach a king. The king tells you. This is how you will approach me. You don't get to come up to me as your best friend. I may be your friend, but that's not how you get to approach me. You approach me as your king. And I'll tell you how to approach me. You don't get to decide. We don't get to meander into the president's office, do we? It's not going to happen. You don't get to just walk in and bump knuckles with the president. It's just, they're going to tell you, here's how, here's, here's how you can approach me. If you can approach me, here's how. And the same is true with God. We don't get to just simply choose how we come to God and how we get it get into His, and He tells us exactly. He said, you want to come to me, you, you're going to follow my system. You're going to follow what I have allowed and what I have set up. You don't get into the gate without permission. If you can imagine with me the, the uh, a fortified city. And if you can imagine, even if you just look at the White House, even the White House, the Oval Office, all of that, it's fortified. You can't get through the front gate without permission. You can't do it. You roll up to the front gate. They're going to ask why you're there. And if you don't have permission, they're not going to let you in. In the old cities, the fortified cities, you walk up to the gate, you got to have permission to walk through the gate. You have to belong there. You have, you're supposed to have to be there, right, for a reason to get into the gate. And then you certainly can't get past that without a personal invitation. Now, you can get permission to get into the to gate, but to get into the court, the courtyard, you certainly have to have special permission to get beyond. So you can maybe even get into, onto the property of the White House, but if you're going to get into the presence of the president, you're going to have to have special permission and if that's true for our government and if that's been true for the government's for for ages and ages and ages then why do we think we can just come to God as we choose and how we choose We don't get to approach God, our King, how we want to approach Him. God says, you get close to me first. You get into the gates with thanksgiving. You want into my court, into my very presence, you get there with praise. Some years ago, I took my first Um, major international trip to Africa and I was scared to death not of flying for 17 hours over the ocean because I don't know why that didn't scare me I was afraid I was going to get stuck in an airport (laughs) somewhere some way and, and because if you don't have your ticket, you're not getting onto the plane, right? So I had my ticket very close to me, and every single flight, and there were tons of them, every single flight I had, there was a problem with my ticket. And the rest of my party, there was like 14 of us, the rest of them, no problems. They were getting onto the plane. I was barely getting onto the, every single plane. I was Maybe I should have taken that as a sign not to go, but... That ticket cost a lot of money and I was going and I and I barely got onto every flight. I had my ticket very close to me and I had my passport very close to me. In fact I wore my passport around my neck stuck under my shirt. Ain't, ain't nobody getting up under my shirt. So I knew it was <laughs> gonna be safe. So I put it I had it with me very close because I knew if I lose my passport, I'm stuck wherever I am. I'm stuck. I can't go any further. I I can't get out of the country without my passport. I can't get into the country without my passport. I can't get home without my passport because I can't get back on the plane that would bring me home without my passport. Just try to fly internationally without a passport and you will see how far you get. If you don't have your ticket if you don't have your passport your passport will get you into the airport but it's going to take a ticket to get you onto the airplane and God is saying to us I I have here is how you can approach me you're not getting past you're not getting past the security gate Without thanksgiving. And beyond that, you're not going to get onto the plane. You're not going to get into my presence without praise. You will not, let's think of it this way you will not get to the next part of your life without gratitude. Whatever it is that God has for you, whatever it is he has for me, your pastor, I will not and you will not get to that next part of your life without gratitude. Gratitude is the only way in. We ask so many things from God. And he says, okay, I'll consider, but the only way Before you ask me, before you beg me, before you plead with me for anything, I want you to thank me for everything. Gratitude is the only way in. You want to come into the presence of God. He says, enter my gates with thanksgiving and you can come into them my presence with praise. Let's look at a picture of this in the book of Acts. It's Paul and a man named Silas, and it tells this story in Acts chapter 16, verse 22. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. And we know that we just kind of pass over that. That was severe. That's one of the ways... That they beat Jesus. Before he was crucified. This was a severe beating. They beat them with wooden rods. Verse 23. They were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. A jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon. And he clamped their feet. In the stocks. If you're like me, I have this tendency to expect different treatment. I have this tendency to think, you know what? I'm a follower of Jesus. So some of this mess in life, certainly I can bypass it and get away from it. I'm a follower of Jesus, He is my friend. He is my King, surely some of the junk in this life I'm not going to have to deal with. We have a tendency to expect different treatment, don't we? Better treatment. And certainly, (laughs) us in the United States of America, we certainly expect different treatment, better treatment. We feel like we're entitled to more. That we're entitled to better. That somehow it's owed to us. But we have to understand this. This is a key concept for us to grasp. Gratitude. Gratitude. A heart that says, I am thankful. Gratitude is going to begin where my sense of entitlement ends. Entitlement is that part of me that says, I deserve better. I deserve more. I deserve what they have. I deserve better. I deserve more. It's owed to me. But gratitude only begins where my sense of entitlement ends. As long as I think I am owed or I deserve or I should get, as long as I think that, I will never be grateful. Ever. Because gratitude, it has nothing to do with what is happening around me. And it has everything to do what is happening in my heart. It is not the position. Gratitude is not a position I find myself in this life. It's a position of my heart. Listen to Psalm. The psalmist wrote this in 103 verse 1. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His Holy Name. Praise the Lord. Verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Not what is owed me. Not what I deserve. Not what I can expect. Anything I get in life is not because I expect it. It's just simply by His grace and His mercy. Anywhere you see someone with a high sense of entitlement, which says, I deserve, they owe me, I should get this, anyone who has a high sense of entitlement will always have a very low sense of gratitude. And the opposite is also true. Anyone who has a very high sense of gratitude has a very low sense of entitlement. It goes on to say in verse 3. Let me jump back to verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Verse 3. Who forgives all of your sins and heals your diseases. Verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Verse 5. Who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. This very life that we have is a gift. This morning, you woke up. In, in, in about 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you, some of you will wake up again <laughs> when I'm done. This morning, you woke up. Someone else did not wake up. Right now, you are breathing. Someone else last night drew their last breath. This morning you got up and you put shoes on your feet. Someone else in Stuttgart had no shoes to put on their feet. You found a way to meet with Stuttgart Harvest Church this morning. And somewhere in Stuttgart, someone is out there with no way to church. You were free to meet here and I believe you are meeting in one of the best churches that I have ever had the privilege of serving. We are blessed. And we are blessed beyond what we deserve. Way beyond what we deserve. And for that, my heart says, Thank you, Jesus. God, forgive us. For when we have taken for granted the very fact that we can gather together freely as Stuttgart Harvest Church and we can proclaim as loud as our voices will sing, we can proclaim that you are our God. You are our King. Forgive us when we have taken that for granted. And God, our King, Thank you. Thank you for giving to us what we don't deserve. And that is your grace. And God, our King, thank you for not giving us what we do deserve. Which would be an eternal, if there's one thing in this life I have earned, it's an eternal separation from you, my God. But you've chosen not to give me that which I deserve and that is your mercy and God for that I am thankful. And ultimately this series that is entitled Because of You really is not ultimately because of us and it's not because of me and it's not because of you. It's because of you, God. You, our God, our King, it is because of you. Because you chose to die on a cross for me. And even while I was still sinning, God, you you called me. It is because of you that we are here, God. It is because of you that we can connect our lives with you eternally because of what you did on the cross. It is because of you. And so ultimately this series, which is entitled Because of You, while we have played a part, it is because of God our King. And we direct that to you, God it is because of you now let's jump back to Paul and Silas who have been severely beaten and they've been thrown into the very innermost part of the jail and yes they deserve better treatment probably right they probably do yes they probably deserve more they deserve better they probably could say I'm entitled to more I'm entitled to better But if they have a high sense of entitlement, then they have a very low sense of gratitude. But we find in Paul and Silas a very high sense of gratitude and a very low sense of entitlement. And in verse 25, we find this. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were grateful even though they had been severely beaten they were grateful even though they had been thrown unfairly and unjustly into jail they were still grateful grateful people like Paul and Silas here grateful people can find a blessing anywhere they can find a blessing They can enlarge a blessing anywhere. They can create a blessing in almost any situation. But the opposite is also true. I know people who can find a burden anywhere. They can enlarge a burden in any situation. They they can create a burden from anything they come across. You can call them a poo producer because that seems to be all that comes out of their life. They can walk in on a Sunday morning and they can say, Oh, it's just just, the the church is too crowded. They they can say, I can't get to my seat easily. Oh, it's too dark in there. Oh, it's too loud in there. Oh, it's not loud enough. Or, Oh, it's not dark enough. Or, Oh, it's not the right music. But here we find. We find Paul and Silas with an entire, I mean an enormous amount of gratitude. Because they don't claim that they deserve more or deserve better. And so they're singing to God and they're talking with God. And then at the end of that phrase it says, And the other prisoners were listening. Gratitude is never invisible and gratitude is never silent. You can say, well, I, I, I'm grateful. You can say, I, I'm grateful. I, I just don't tell anybody about it, but I'm grateful. I feel grateful. I just don't tell people. Well, I just have to propose to you if you don't tell people, then you're really not grateful. You may be full, but you're not grateful. Luke chapter 6, verse 45 tells us this A good person produces good from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil from the things from the treasury of an evil heart. And then it closes by saying this. What you say flows from what is in your heart. In other words, it flows. You don't produce it, it just flows out. You can't contain it, it just comes out. And if you are great, if you really are grateful, then it just flows out of your heart and it flows out of your mouth and you cannot stop it. That's why gratitude is is never invisible and it is never silent. Let's go back to Paul and Silas, verse 26. It says, then, suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Gratitude is the only way in. And it's the only way out. It's the only way into God's presence. God, our King, said, you want into my gates, thanksgiving. You want into my presence, it's praise. And all of that is gratitude. Gratitude is the only way into God's presence, but it's also the only way out. The only way out, when we face things that we cannot face, when we face circumstances that we cannot handle on our own, when we face trouble and trials and hurts and pains and disappointments, the only way out is through gratitude. And it's more than God taking us out of a situation. That's what we want. We want Him to take us out of a situation. But more than likely, He's going to take your thoughts out of a situation. He doesn't always change the problem. He most often changes you. And He changes you by changing the way you think gratitude is the only way in and it's the only way out out of depression out of your situation gratitude it's the only way into God's presence and it's the only way out When we face something in life. And this week, I'm simply going to ask you Will you ask God to begin in your life a heart change so that gratitude can flow? Because we realize this is not a problem of just stopping and being thankful. Because what is in our heart flows out of our mouths, out of our lives. And we need a heart change. And will you talk to God this week? Will you say, God, I need a heart change. I need you to begin working on me from the inside out. I need a heart change. Will you take that step with us this week? That's really the only step that we're suggesting this week. Will you say to God, I'm going to ask you, God, for a heart change so gratitude can flow from my heart and out of my mouth? And maybe, just maybe, you need to memorize and talk with God about this passage of Scripture right here. Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5. Maybe that needs to be a part of this. To just memorize that passage that says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And then verse 5 says, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Will you take that step with us this week as we say, this God, this God, everything God, it is because of you. Because of you. I I pray that as we even begin to sing these songs that we're getting ready to sing. The band is going to be making their way up to their instruments right now. And as we begin to sing in just a moment. You say, but I'm not a singer. I, I don't sing. I'm just asking you. You're not singing for the person beside you. God says you want to come into my, my gate, thank me. You want to come into my presence, praise me. Will you join us as Stuttgart Harvest Church lifts our voices to Jesus? Not just our friend. Jesus, not just our father, but Jesus, our king. Let's pray. God, as the psalmist wrote... We want to praise you, our Lord. From our soul, from my inmost being, we want to praise your holy name. God, we want to praise you. Our soul cries out that we not forget your benefits. You who forgives all of our sins. You who redeems us from the pit. And you crown us, God, with love and compassion You satisfy our desires. You renew us like eagles. God, this is not about what you owe me. Because you give me what I don't deserve. What I could never earn. And I am grateful. And this morning, God, you who call us friend. God our Father, you who call us child, this morning, God, we call you king. And it is in the name of Jesus who died for us that we pray. Amen.